0: You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Monday show for you. We're going to go over that college and pro football weekend in your picks. First off, not a great weekend to say the least. There's so much, though, to talk about in college football, whether it was the Stanford comeback on Friday night. Holy shit. The Iowa game, one of my one of my early one of my only good calls from the weekend, the Iowa game against Wisconsin. Holy crap. That set Big Ten football back about 50 years. We're going to talk MLB playoffs. We're going to talk about what happened in the NFL this weekend, including, man, (laughs) I don't want to say the NFL is a crapshoot because it isn't. You clearly have teams that are dominant and teams that aren't very good. However, on a week-to-week basis, as this past Sunday, yesterday, told us, anybody can beat anybody on any given Sunday. We'll get to all that momentarily. All right. You know, I am here every Monday facing the music on my picks. Good thing I didn't charge you for these. (laughs) No, not a great, uh, decent on, I mean, we were over 500 on Saturday, four, three, and one in the college plays. Best bet was Washington minus three. That line was basically three all week. So I hope None of you uh, took it at 3.5, and, uh, and if you got it at 2.5, good for you. You're a winner, but for the purpose of my record, that is a push because I gave it out Friday at Washington minus 3. Great college football game, probably the best game of the year. Man, Michael Penix is just fun to watch, and I really hope Washington gets to the playoff this year. I really do. I I could watch that team play offense all day long. Do they have the best defense? No. Are they going to win the national championship with that defense? No. But they will put some points up on people, that's for sure. And just, an, just a great game. Oregon made some really boneheaded coaching decisions that Dan Lanning said after the game. This game's on me. I shouldn't have done some of the things that I did in that game. The fourth down play calls right before the end of the half and with two minutes left in the game. It didn't make a lot of sense to me, But and he admitted afterwards. And my other picks in college, I went 2-1 on those. LSU was a blowout winner. They win by 30. Miami, uh, North Carolina uh, over was an easy winner. Air Force was never covering 10 and a half, so that was a loser. And so I went 2-1 on those. In my dog plays, I went 1-2, and two, but the one winner I had, Iowa plus 10, ended up winning outright, so you did get .9 units. They were plus 290 on the money line. So if you bet all three of those on the money line, you ended up with .9 units up, so that was good. But did you see the statistic from the Iowa game? The Iowa quarterback, Deacon Hill, was 6 of 14 for 37 yards. Iowa won the game by nine points with a quarterback that was 6 of 14 for 37 yards. How is that even possible? 15 to 6 was the final in that game. (laughs) I have no idea how that happened. But. Well, they did get a touchdown. They got an 82-yard touchdown, run. That certainly helps. But 6 of 14 for 37 yards. Now, the opposite happened on Friday night, and that was in the Stanford-Colorado game. Talk about a tale of two halves. In the first half, Stanford looked awful. Awful. Now, granted, I only saw the last, I think, seven or eight minutes of the first half because it was coming back from the Taylor Swift movie. But I tune in, and it's 29 to nothing. Then (laughs) I'm like, well, first off, how often has that happened? Since 2006, only three teams trailed by 28 or more at halftime and won the game outright. Texas Tech in a 2006 bowl game, TCU in a 2016 bowl game, and UCLA in 2017 against Texas A&M. However, this year, or no, sorry, since 2019, FBS teams that were down by 28 points or more at halftime were 0 and 248. Since 2019. Well, I guess we got to make that 1 and 248 as Stanford pulls off just the comeback of all comebacks. I don't even <laughs> You can't even describe that. How are you up 29-0 at half and lose? And you know the amazing thing about the game is that Colorado, if I'm not mistaken, they only had one turnover in the second half. It's not like they just kept turning the ball over and Stanford kept getting a short field. Stanford got a 97-yard touchdown, which, by the way, that's the incredible thing about this. There was a Stanford receiver. I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to try. But the Stanford receiver had zero catches for zero yards at halftime. In the second half, he had 13 catches for 294 yards and three touchdowns. I don't think I've ever heard of that in my life. That's got to be a record, right? In one half of football in college, it's got to be a record for most catches. It's got to be a, catch, a record for most yards. But I'm sure there is a receiver out there who's caught three touchdowns in a half. That one is probably tied. And there might have been somebody that's caught four and a half, but one guy getting 13 catches for 294 yards and a half, and that was from a team that did nothing in the first half. They had less than 100 yards of offense in the first half. If you're Colorado, that is a horrible loss. Because now, I'm not saying they're not going to be bowl eligible this year, but now that knocks them to four and three. They have Arizona at home, and then they have the other juggernauts in the Pac 12. And I say that about Arizona, and they just went into the Palouse in Pullman and destroyed a ranked team over the weekend, forty-four to six. I mean, you talk about one of the more wild-ass uh, lines of the weekend and wild-ass final scores of the weekend. It is Arizona going into Washington State and beating them forty-four to six. I explain that you can't, but holy crap! I, I mean, just. Just a weird, it was kind of a weird Saturday. I had UAB and BYU. Those two teams both lost pretty big uh, on as my underdog plays. But remember, on these underdog plays, I'm just looking for any underdog six points or more. I think one time I had somebody that was like four and a half. That was Miami against AM. I really like that one. But I'm not going to pick a three-point underdog as my underdog play, pick. I'm trying to basically pick touchdown underdogs to see if they can cover and then win outright, because you're going to get a good return. Most touchdown underdogs are getting at least 220 on the money line. So went one and two on my dog picks and my three team 10 point teaser LSU down to one and a half. They won by 30 Florida state down to seven. They won by 38, but I needed that air force on the T's because they were laying 10 and a half, got them down to a minus a half a point. They won by seven in the last two minutes of the game. So four, three and one in college, not bad at all. Pros, not a good day. Lost my best bet. I now fall to one three and one on the season on my pro best bets. Indy plus four. Now you might look at the final score and say they lost by 17. That wasn't even close. It actually was. Gardner Minshew threw three interceptions, and Indianapolis, if I'm not mistaken, outgained Jacksonville by quite a few yards. I mean, more than quite a few. Indianapolis had 354 yards of total offense. Jacksonville had 233. Indianapolis ran 13 more plays. They had 4.7 yards of play to Jacksonville's 3.8. They had 18 first downs to Jacksonville's 17. 329 passing yards by Minshew compared to 181 for Trevor Lawrence. However, the problem was they threw three interceptions, and they lost a fumble. And Jacksonville only had one turnover. I mean, that was the difference in the game. And the thing that killed me was your my, the three-team 10-point teaser that I gave you would have been a push because if you had two wins and a push, that becomes a, basically a no play. But it ended up being a loss because for whatever reason, fourth down, I understand, they were down by 14. It was 34 to 20, and Indianapolis had the ball, but it was like fourth and 18 on their own 30, and on their own 25 or something, and they went for it. I mean, I know you have to because you got to keep the game going, but... They didn't get it. Jacksonville was already in field goal range. They ran three straight times into the line. Indy called timeout on all three. Jacksonville kicks a field goal to go up 37-20, and that's what killed our three-team 10-point teaser in pro because the Bears lost by six. They were getting 12-and-a-half. Cincinnati won by four. They were getting seven-and-a-half. But Indy, man, that field goal, ugh, that was ugly. So a one-and-four Sunday. I have one play pending tonight. And that's the underdog play, which I'm four and one on. It's the only solid thing. Uh, and that and my picks in NFL are going really well. I'm, I'm over five hundred on everything. Picks are now um, twelve and seven. Uh, my three team ten point teaser is four and three. But my best bet, yeah, for some reason, I just I'm isolating the wrong game because clearly I'm hitting a little less than I'm hitting right around 57 percent now in pro after this one and four weekend. I'm just isolating the wrong one for my best bet so uh, because those picks that are just missed out on being the best bet are now 12 and 7. So keep it here. I'm gonna get you some winners uh, not a great pro weekend but didn't get killed because we had a we had a winning day in college. so I'm happy about that. I hope you guys made some money whatsoever you know I hope you did. keeping it in the NFL. You know how I've talked about how baseball is witchcraft and baseball is basically just, you know, whatever. Anybody can beat anybody in a five-game series, no matter what you did over six months. I mean, you could win 25 more games than the team you're playing in the playoffs, but if they go three and two against you over a five-game stretch, you're out of the playoffs. Yesterday in the NFL was just... I mean, if I were to tell you before the day that P.J. Walker, making his first start for the Cleveland Browns, was going to beat one undefeated team, the San Francisco 49ers, who just came off a four-touchdown curb stomping on Sunday Night Football of the Dallas Cowboys. Would you have believed me? No. Neither were the Vegas odds makers. considering when the line came out last Sunday night for 49ers-Browns, it was minus three. Niners minus three. Then as the week went on, we were hearing Deshaun Watson was going to be out. It went up to five. Then it went up to six and a half. Then it was up to seven and a half. And then it got up to 10. I eventually closed at nine or nine and a half. And yet they couldn't even win the game outright. The best team in football couldn't win the game outright. Granted, wasn't great weather, but Cleveland has the most legit defense in the NFL. They have the number one statistics wise. They have the number one defense in the NFL, but still you would think, okay, San Francisco's good. Maybe they don't cover nine, but, they should win this game. They should beat the Cleveland Browns and they didn't. Then you've got the Philadelphia Eagles who while they were 5 and 0 this year, did you look at their point differential? 5 and 0 this year, but they had only outscored their opponents by 37 points total. So essentially, they were only winning their games by an average of 7 points whereas before yesterday the Niners were at plus 90. Something ridiculous. I mean, they were blowing teams out. Philly was winning, and they were getting by, but they had the 28th-ranked red zone offense, the amount of field goals they've kicked this year because they just haven't been as solid offensively, and that's going to happen when you lose your offensive coordinator. And, you know, you look at it. Shane Steichen is now the Indianapolis Colts head coach. He was their offensive coordinator last year. Jonathan Gannon was their defensive coordinator, and now he's in Arizona. So when you look at it, it's like, how does this happen? Zach Wilson just beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And if Brian Dayball and Tyrod Taylor don't have a brain fart at the end of the first half, Tyrod Taylor goes into Buffalo and beats the Bills on Sunday Night Football last night. So... Two out of three, just crazy-ass ups. It just goes to show. Now, I don't want to say, because hindsight is twenty twenty, but all week, I mean, it, there's a reason I did not have the Niners in anything yesterday. Didn't give you them. It was one of my plays. Didn't put them in my teaser. It just looked way too easy. Four-touchdown blowout on Sunday Night Football. It's an isolated game. Everyone saw it, and I guarantee you, everyone and their mother had San Francisco in a teaser this weekend because all they had to do was beat the Browns. And you're just like, the best team in football can't go into Cleveland and beat P.J. Walker? Well, no, they didn't. And that just goes to show that on any given weekend, on any given one-game season, anybody can beat anybody. The Browns beat the Niners. The Jets beat the Eagles. We have now no undefeated teams in the NFL. And the Giants should have beaten the Bills. They completely outplayed them. That whole game, they just made too many boneheaded mistakes at the wrong time. You can complain all you want about pass interference on the last play of the game. It absolutely was pass interference on the last play of the game, but they put themselves in that situation where they f- were forced to score a touchdown when at the end of the first half, with 10 seconds left, they ran the ball into the line with no timeouts. And the clock ran out on them, and they should have been up minimum 9 nothing, which then makes the end of the game just a chip shot field goal for them. So... The whole thing is so bizarre, and it just means every single week. Gambling is not easy. It's why you have these handicappers that say, oh, I hit a 70 or 80%. No, you don't. You don't hit it. Over the course of a season, no, you don't. Maybe if you give one pick out a weekend, I guess it's possible, but it's very hard. And, you know, once again, there were only five underdogs that covered yesterday in the NFL. Four of them went outright, and the Giants should have been. It should have been five for five. You know, it's just you know underdogs are going to win every week. You know they're going to cover every week, and most of the time they're going to win outright. But (laughs) I know this sounds kind of elementary, but you don't know which ones it's going to be. Because when I looked at the board, I really thought Indianapolis had a chance to beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville. And they totally outplayed them, but they just threw too many interceptions. And then you look at some of the other games, and you're just like, okay, Jets beat the Eagles. That you know, I don't think anybody had that one as before the week started. If I said, you know, if I, if let's just say I knew or somebody knew, hey, going into week six of the NFL, five underdogs are going to win and four of them are going to win outright. You know, yes, two of them were two point underdogs in Washington and Houston, but it, you know the Jets, the Browns, and then the and then the and then the uh, Giants. Covered but did not win outright. If I were to tell you five, I, I don't know if you – you it would have been maybe easy to pick Washington and Houston just because they were such low underdogs. It's not like it was a major upset that a two-point underdog won a game. Houston was a two-point underdog at home. Washington, two-point underdog on the road. But I'm just saying, like, every week you know there's going to be out dogs that went outright. It's just a matter of choosing which ones. And it's not easy. It just – it just isn't. I think some people thought Tennessee could pull off the upset in Baltimore. Or like me, I like the Bears to beat Minnesota. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses because injuries happen, but it's a completely different game, I think, if the Bears have Justin Fields for the last quarter and a half. he lose by six points. and didn't have Justin Fields for the last, you know, 20 minutes of the game or so. Carolina jumps out to a 14 nothing lead as a 14 point underdog. Those people were probably thinking, "Oh yeah, wow. I'm going to I'm going to cover this game with Carolina." And then they get outscored 42 to 7 the rest of the game. Tampa Bay is another one. 3 point dog at home against Detroit. Um I think now, you know how I told you I'm never getting in front of the uh the train that is the Miami Dolphins. Not saying that the Detroit Lions are a juggernaut, but they are for real. I mean, to go on the road now and win in Green Bay, not that Green Bay is, but that was a division road game. And then to go into Tampa and win that game and the first game of the season, go into Kansas City and win that. Any game where Detroit's on the road this year, you can't be like, well, Detroit's on the road and they're outside. You know, maybe if the weather's bad, you can go that route. But the weather wasn't bad in Tampa yesterday. And Detroit now moves to 5-1 and one on the season. They are a legit contender for the NFC West Championship. And after the way San Francisco and Philadelphia looked yesterday, those are your top three teams in the NFC for sure. And we're going to end it with this, Major League Baseball playoffs, the Texas fucking Rangers. Now 6-0 in the playoffs. They shut out the Houston Astros. The Texas Rangers pitching staff had an ERA combined of 4.28 during the regular season. They are now almost barely over 2.0 in the playoffs. You cannot explain this stuff. I love every second of it. I'm enjoying the Rangers. You know, I have them to win the AL pennant. You know, I have them to win the World Series. It would be very profitable if they do. Three wins away from getting that first bet in, and then I'm just playing with fool's gold at that point. It's house money now. So, three more wins. They play this afternoon, game two. Max Scherzer is now slated to he's been activated for this series. He is coming back. He's going to pitch game 3 or game 4. My gosh, this is crazy. Nobody expected this. You know, but it's a series where it's just like again, it's 7 games. Anything can happen. The Astros might win the next 4 in a row. I don't know. But it's exciting while it lasts and Texas just really really playing well when you haven't lost a game in the postseason yet. They're 6 and 0. And the Phillies, tonight, start their series with the Arizona Diamondbacks. By the way, check this out. Phillies and Diamondbacks tonight, game one. The last 20 times these two teams have played each other, they are 10-10. and 10. In the last 80 times they've played each other, they are 40-40. and 40. In the last 150 times these two teams have played each other, they are 75-75. and 75. So anybody that says I know who's gonna win the Phillies D back series, no, you don't. You don't know anything. You have first off, you have a fifty-fifty shot of predicting who's gonna win the series. But to say you know who's gonna win when you look at those numbers, I know they're not in the same division, but <laughs> ten and ten in the last twenty, forty and forty in the last eighty, seventy-five and seventy five the last one fifty, I mean. Could these two teams be more evenly matched? I mean, that's covering numerous years, numerous teams, different managers, different players, yet for whatever reason, when these two teams play, nobody really jumps out to a competitive edge and has ever had a really dominant run in since they started playing each other. So I have no idea who's going to win this series. Personally, for me, I want no part of the Phillies in the World Series if the Rangers get there. And I'm not going to say Arizona is an easy team to beat, but they are easier than Philly because Philly's got Bryce Harper. And I just don't want to touch that guy, as we talked about on Friday. When he steps into the box, every single time he steps into the box in a playoff game, I feel like he's doing something electric. He's going to leg out a single. He's going to hit a home run. He's going to hit a ball in the gap. He's going to walk on with, you know, getting a great eye. It just, I don't want anything to do with him. So clearly I want the Rangers to get to the World Series. They're, either team is going to be tough to beat. But if you're asking me who's easier to beat between those two teams, I'd probably say the Diamondbacks because they'd be just as inexperienced as this Rangers team. Philly, Philly was in the World Series last year. They obviously want revenge. Not necessarily on the team that beat them, the Astros, but they could be playing the Astros again, right? Because the Astros are playing the Rangers and we might have a rematch of the world series from last year. I hope we don't. I hope we get the Rangers, but man, it's just people in Dallas are like, we're happy, but we're just like, what is happening right now? Texas Rangers have not been a topic in the Dallas Fort worth area for literally six years. We stopped talking about them in may. (laughs) And now here we are mid October and the Texas Rangers are three wins away from going to the World Series, which hasn't happened since the 11-12 and 12 season when they went back-to-back and lost. Remember those? So I, I I don't know how to explain it because this team, yeah, they're gritty, but I just don't expect the pitching to be this well, and I'm still just waiting for their pitching staff to implode. But maybe they can ride it out for another couple weeks. I don't know. But big game today. If they can go up 2-0, clearly that would be a huge go up 2-0 going home and having Scherzer pitching on, you know, either Wednesday or Thursday. Man, that'd be great. But, hey, just keep your fingers crossed for the Texas Rangers. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review. Tell your friends about it. Maybe not after this weekend. I didn't have great picks. But tell your friends about the – about the podcast, pass it around, let them know about it. feel like I got some good information for you every single day here on the Sports Daily. Again, thank you all for listening. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you!